Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi, everybody. Jackie Woodside here, and I'm so glad that you are here with us for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. Thank you for being one of the people who cares about that initiative and that mission with me, living in a more enlightened world. I think that's the way that our path toward creating a world that works for everyone, or like I like to say, a world where love prevails. Today, I'm happy to bring to the Conscious Living Podcast, Brenda Rice, who is a forgiveness coach. And I can't wait to dive into this uh, episode because I don't know exactly what that means. I've been a coach for 30 years and I don't think that. So Brenda Rice, welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast. Do you mind saying a little bit more about yourself and your journey so that our listeners can get to know you? Absolutely. Thank you, Jackie. It's delightful to be here with you. And I love conscious living, so this is perfect. Good. And you're not the first one to say, what is a forgiveness coach? Right. So so I didn't know what it was at first. It's like I had never heard of such a thing. So, But, you know, what got me into it was a lot of living like a lot of people, trauma, big T, little t. Um, going through, I was on my, sorry to interrupt, but big T, little T trauma. What does that mean? So being from what I understand, this is what I'm told for me. Um, it's the traumas of codependency traumas of living a life for other people. Now that can go into the choices and decisions I make that put me in a situation driving drunk when I had my alcohol, when I was deep into my alcoholism. And then a bigger T for me would be, you know, the sexual molestation and the violence that I went through in a couple of my marriages. So, so the little T trauma is the type of trauma that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I was a psychotherapist for 30 years and never heard that before. Oh, yes. And so I know that they're using this a lot. At least that's what I'm hearing. And so, you know, it's like, I never, I never categorized it like that. I just went through those things. It was just, right, right. it was my life. You were just living your life. Having I was just living my life. Yeah. Thinking that everybody goes through these things. Yeah. You know, so I never categorized it as, yeah, trauma or big T, little, all of that. Um, and then I learned later in life going through uh, the third marriage, right, which was the kind of, what I learned for me was that I was getting information and lessons throughout my life, and I was kind of ignoring it, okay, because that's how I knew how to handle my life. Okay. And the situations, now I know looking back, they were patterns that were showing up in my life, were getting bigger and bigger to to what I believe today to get my attention. So going through counseling, finally, because I thought I was going crazy, you know, I was able to find out what they categorized me and was PTSD from the different things that I had experienced in my life. 
and learning to manage that. It was after that because my body was starting to break down. I was in corporate. I was in this marriage, the third marriage, and realizing that I was not happy. I'm you know, on medication. I'm trying to live life not happy at all. My body is starting to give me messages, ignoring it. Now, at work, I was just fine. I was showing up okay. I was empowered. But in relationship and at home, not at all. Gave away my power just because that's what I did. And it was through this... I finally got the job that I wanted or I thought was going to be like the thing. And the boss, I could never please. He was just, everybody was raving about him, but with me, it was different. And I thought, this was familiar. Oh, that's like my ex-husband and then my other ex-husband and my other ex-husband. It was like, oh, oh, there's something here. So that's when I reached out to a psychotherapist and it's like, okay, I think I'm crazy. I... You know, what's going on? Because I started feeling stress. I was getting ocular migraines. I was just going through this stuff. And she's like, oh, that's a pattern. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is a pattern. So we were able to start working on it. I ended up, you know, with a back fusion and neck fusion. That's what got me out of corporate. Mm -hmm. I needed that because my body under stress was so heightened. Fight or flight, doing all this stuff. What does that mean, actually, a back fusion and neck fusion? I don't know exactly what that means. So I ended up having low back pain and the neck pain. This That's where the ocular migraines were coming from, along with numbness down my arms. Oh, wow. So going through the MRI, you know, going through the testing MRIs and the different things, they found that my neck was bone on bone and that my lower back, the L4, L5, you know, what we use a lot of where our pain is, was actually deteriorating. Wow. So it was causing my legs to go numb. And it was it was very fascinating to learn this. So it was like, this is what's going to be best for you, is to fuse the neck where they put stuff, where they fuse the vertebrae together and then put a, a metal plate in my neck. So I have a metal plate. And then in the low back, to secure it, they did six screws like this in the L4, L5, S1, so that it would stabilize it. Wow, that's yeah. tense. Yes, it was quite the journey. And and I ended up, with the back fusion, ended up having right leg issues from that because there was a nerve caught in there that wasn't expected. So the right, So there's different physical things that I still deal with from that, but I was... It got me out of corporate, and I started asking the universe, what am I supposed to do? I'm 50 years old. Mm. You know, I'm a grandmother. My kids are, you know, away from home. And I'm starting to date, you know, after the divorce and starting to date. And, and it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? And, you know, I checked into coaching because it's like the thing. It's like, what is coaching? Um, and so started to do that. And that's when I found the forgiveness work. And I, I like to say it found me. Mm. This is what happened. Yeah. And so and that was, it was so eye-opening. Found the forgiveness work. Do you mean you came upon a teacher? I, I still don't know exactly what that means. Absolutely. I'd love to explain. Yeah. So, yeah. So as I was asking, in between my surgeries, we, I was, the gentleman that I was dating, we decided we were going to go to Mount Shasta. 
So Mount Shasta, Northern California, never been there. It's kind of, I heard a magical place. I love those things. Mm -hmm. And so, and I received a pamphlet because I wanted to know, what is this? What do you do here? And they were talking vortexes. What is that? I had no idea, you know? So, and in the back of it, there was a little, an advertisement with a little picture of a woman. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever seen someone or seen a picture and go, I want to know them. Or there's something about them that fascinates. What what yeah. is it? It's like an energetic connection. Sure. That's what happened. And underneath her name said forgiveness coaching. Oh wow. Yeah. And all of a sudden my whole body lit up and it was like, oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but I want to know. Wow. So that's fantastic. Wow. I love how the universe conspires to bring us to our highest good. Isn't that extraordinary? It is wow. extraordinary. So tell me a little bit about what it is. Like, what does is, what is a forgiveness coach do? What is forgiveness coaching? And what benefit does it bring to people? Mm. So who, who hires a forgiveness coach? I have all kinds of questions. Sorry. Oh, I'm a yeah. bad interviewer. I'm asking one yeah. at a time. Well, I'll just go. And if I yeah, do, you dive in. I dive in. And so what I was introduced to was a process called radical forgiveness. Okay, that I've heard of. Yes. And so that's what I was introduced to. I had not heard of anything. See, I had been trying to forgive my ex the way that I knew how, which most of us do, which is, you know, we look at maybe walking in their shoes for a while. We get some help wherever we need it to kind of ha have, well, be aware of our emotions. But mostly I had been taught you just look, time heals all wounds and that you just give them a break. Let bygones be bygones and you move forward. Well, I was doing that, I thought, because I felt I had been wounded. There was a betrayal on his part, and I felt totally betrayed. And I didn't want that marriage to end, <clears throat> but it needed to so I could move forward. So in this, what I found was, and this ties into the forgiveness, was I kept being triggered because every time I saw a metro bus in the Seattle area, which there's 368 of them. <laughs> I looked it up because I'm like going, oh my gosh. Or every time I saw someone who kind of had the outline of him, I would be devastated again. What was it about the bus? Did he work for that company or something? Yeah. 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 He was a Metro bus driver, right? So it's amazing what our what our minds do. Yeah. And and it was like I was being triggered all the time. So I thought I was making progress and then boom, I felt like I was falling backwards. You you uh, you know, you get this. And so I thought, well, that's just how it's gonna have to be until time goes on. And you know, I really felt like he was going moving on and I was stuck. That's how it felt for me. But I wanted to move on. I wanted to know what is a healthy relationship like. Never had one, really wanted one. I decided that I needed to live more consciously because I hadn't been. You know, so all these things. And so forgiveness for me is what I learned was that I have a process now. So she took me through a process. Okay. Radical forgiveness is a five-step process. For me, yeah, for me, Jackie, that worked beautifully because as I went through the process, I learned that kind of below my neck, I had kind of just cut this off. I lived from my intellectual beingness versus my heart, right? Now, I know we both, we do both. So I'm going to use this in a way that I'm going to try to explain it in a way that I felt. 
And that was, if I was thinking and processing, I was safer. I was safer than if I let my, what I call my emotions, my heart, which I tied to my heart, if I let them drive, I was in big trouble. So this process, and I call this today, the radical forgiveness process gives my head something to do so my heart can heal. Mm. Because he took the, he took all, Colin Tipping created it. Then he took his hypnotherapy, his energy healing, and his love for wanting to help cancer patients live a longer and healthier life because they found back in the 80s. Now, I don't have the study, but he talked about that there was a study done that said it would take 20 years to forgive. The cancer patients that him and his wife were working with to help them because that was their, that was what they loved to do. They would do these cancer retreats. And, you know, when he talked with them, they're like going, uh, no, it's going to take we don't have 20 years. Right, right. How can we? But they all had a commonality. What they found in doing the work with cancer patients was they all had kind of a familiar or a similar belief, mm. which was, I cannot show up as who I am because you will not like me. So I have to show up as somebody I'm not yeah. to get your love and approval, you know, the external validation. Yeah, that, that uh, sense of insufficiency or, or I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, which is part of the human condition. Exactly. And they found that. And there was a book called Cancer is a Turning Point written back then in the early 90s that really talked about that, that there's they were starting to find similarities and that there was an emotional component to cancer. Yeah. yeah. And they were so I I found that fascinating um, because of things that had happened in my body, right? That I was getting these messages yeah. that is like, oh, I never put the two together, emotional responses and the body. Right. And so that's what I learned through the forgiveness work. And she also helped me, working with a coach was really valuable yeah. because she not only, it's not only forgive, it's about learning how to live a forgiveness lifestyle. How is what I call it? Because it's learning how to take care of ourselves better. Forgiveness for me is not just about saying I'm sorry or please forgive me. That's vital and important. But it's also, like you just said, the human condition. How do I, how do I get to I am good enough? Yeah, yeah. Get to a place where, you know, that forgiveness, forgiveness becomes less necessary when you live in a state of acceptance. Yes. Yeah, I wrote an ebook on that, actually. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. A new take on forgiveness. That, you know, needing to forgive someone who has, quote, wronged you uh, is kind of a, a paradigm of victimhood, which doesn't mean that people are not victimized by what others, you know, that people, sometimes people do bad things. Look, hey, you know, we're, we're in the human condition. Whether or not you are the victim of it, however, entirely depends on your level of consciousness and how you perceive life. Absolutely. Yourself and life. Yeah. So I say that forgiveness is only is only needed if you can't live in maybe maybe my phrase would be radical acceptance. Exactly. One of the one of the driving philosophies that's also a scripture verse for me is life is always unfolding for your good. Romans eight twenty eight. 
all things work together for good. So if your fundamental premise in life, and it is not for everyone, but my fundamental premise in life is that life is always unfolding for good, not just my good, because there is no private good. There is no good, goodness. So how do you take a cancer situation or domestic violence situation or, you know, some of these really difficult things and be like, that's for good. I don't think so. I need to forgive a person because they did those things to me. And that's just a perception and a level of consciousness. Absolutely. Well, and that's the premise. They call them the assumptions of radical forgiveness, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And that what we didn't, what, when somebody upsets us, that it is mirroring for us something that we've denied, repressed, and rejected about ourselves. Like, so basically, see, that's what allowing, is it about me? Yeah, that's allowing upset to occur in your space. Exactly. And uh, that concept of life happens for me, not to me, which is what it talks about, was like, wait a second, that took me a little bit, right? Because I was shifting my victim consciousness. Absolutely. And it was like, well, wait, no, 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 this happened to me. I got proof. I got proof that, you know, that though no life is not happening for me. Yeah. And what I learned to do was look at it radically different mm. and getting to acceptance. And I, and I it, sometimes I, it's like, well, acceptance doesn't have to mean agreement yeah, all the right. time. Right. Exactly right. And I think that's an important thing for people to really get is I will, my life will go on and be better in acceptance and that I don't have to agree with that. And that gives me freedom. Totally. It gives me freedom. And, you know, so when she was taking me through this process of forgiveness and I was reading the book, cause there's a book out there and kind of go, wow. And she found a pattern that I had not recognize. And I had done therapy and I had gone through different types of modalities, healing myself, being, you know, getting myself to wholeness humanly. Um, and it was beautiful because I, she had asked me real quick, she says, you know, so tell me about yourself. How many, you know, how many times you've been married? How many times you, how many jobs you've had? How long, you know, she does this stuff. And I said, well, you know, my first job, um, was, 10 years. My second job was 20 years because I stay in things a long time. And then I said, well, my first marriage was five. My second was five and a half. And my third was 10 years at that time. And she looked at me and said, what happened to you when you were five years old? Mm -hmm. You have a pattern of five. Now, I had not heard a number pattern before. Right. And now I hear it all the time. But it was like, well, my dad left. And she's like, well, tell me about that. Right. So I said, well, my my dad left and I felt he left me, right? He had not paid attention to me. He didn't really, later I learned he didn't want to have kids, but, you know, he left us for another family, another woman that had a child, my eight, my, actually my best friend, oh, same, wow. looked oh, like me, ouch. looked like, yes, you know, and being only five, when we went to visit, he would pay attention to her and not me. And I remember going numb. I don't remember thoughts or feelings, right? I just remember going numb. And, you know, and then I heard him over talking with my brother and sister. He wanted them and not me. He wanted them to come live with him. So there was this little trauma that happened for me, this experience. And I kind of had shoved that aside and just gone forward in life. 
Well, as she talked about this pattern, I was able to do a timeline, which I love people to do, a relationship timeline. So going, you can go forwards to now or, you know, birth to now or now back to birth. And it was phenomenal going, wait a second. There was a belief in there that was placed or a pattern that every man that I love will choose another woman over me. And when I looked back at this relationship timeline, that's what I saw. Wow. I saw that there was in every single, even dating, every single relationship. That was powerful for me because it opened up a whole part of my psyche that I had not even known that I had closed off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I said, I got to do this. I I have to learn more about this forgiveness work. So can you say just briefly what the five steps to the radical forgiveness process are? Absolutely. So they sound simple. Yes, I know. I say that about my work too. It's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. Exactly. And that is the first one is telling the story. And we tell the story so it can be witnessed and validated. And I share with people that what you're doing is telling me this story for the last time that same way. Because we've told it thousands of times in our head. The second step is feeling the feelings. And this one's the hardest because, as you know, we're not taught really how to deal with our feelings well or name them or even be able to process them. So that's a really big part is be able to allow ourselves that. The third one is where we call it collapsing the story. This is where you separate the fact from interpretation, as you know, right? Interpretation causes our suffering. There's a fact. The fact is my dad left. Right. That's it. That's the fact. Make it mean. Right. And what I made it mean was all this stuff. I'm not lovable. I have to work hard to get love. Every man's going to choose another woman over me. I made all that up. Once you can get to that point, then the fourth step is the reframe. And that's where you look at it from a spiritual perspective. You look at it from a higher perspective that maybe life is happening for me, not to me. Maybe I chose this in a, in, a, in a different time, right, to be able to do this dance with you or with the people in my life to be able to learn the lessons. And then the fifth stage is integration. And this is where you're bringing in the new story. You're doing integration all along in the work because in the radical forgiveness work, you're doing everything with your body. You're speaking it out loud. You're writing. And there's movement to help move the energy. But the integration piece then is, oh, what's my new story? How do I want to feel moving forward? What? Oh, my gosh. Because when you do the work, you can feel it, right? Like with your work, you feel a difference. You make room for new ideas and creativity and being able to move forward in life where they had previously been stuck. Yeah. yeah. So people write a new story. Is that... So, you know, yeah, helping them to create, it's like, and you know how it is when people work with you, it's like you're, you're collaborating together to help bring out what it is that, well, you know, what is it that I want to do? Well, I've always wanted to do that, but I didn't feel good enough. Right. Right. Now I can ask for a raise or I can start that hobby or business, or maybe I do need a divorce. Right. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly right. Yeah, that whole I don't feel good enough is it's the driving force to our limitations. Yeah, it is the driving force to our limitations. Um, So I love that. I mean, really what you're talking about is a process of radically reframing our experience, our life experiences. 
you know, that's being framed as forgiveness. And perhaps there's some forgiveness work in there that makes sense. But it really is just reframing what's happened in life and recognize. I love this. This is part of my work. I, I make sure that I tell all of my clients, be sure not to believe everything you think because yeah. thoughts are not the truth. I know. Right? Your thoughts are generated from a self-protective mechanism called the ego. And yep. your, your thoughts will always make up something that is self-protective, something that blames someone else, puts the, the responsibility for your experience out there. You made me feel this way rather than what is it about me that's having this feeling in the face of you? Absolutely. I love how you said that. And that's what I shared too. It's like, when we can understand that, then, because what it is, is when I put expectations on someone else to behave a certain way, right? Then who's suffering? Yeah. I am. And that's what I learned in my training when I was training with Colin Tippy. He was, I was doing the work on my dad. He left me. He should have been a dad. You know, I'm carrying this, right? Which is showing up in all my relationships because that's what happens. You know, the backpack is here in front. So you're meeting all my stuff first. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I was like, why can't I have a healthy relationship? But, well, Brenda, you know, and he's looking at me. He's like, Brenda, that's an expectation. Maybe he didn't want to be a dad. That be in that generation, they were told to get married, told to have kids, told to do these things. Maybe he didn't want to be. And he looks at me and said something really, really changing for me, Jackie. And that he looked at me and said, Brenda, I'm a mom. And he goes, Brenda, have you ever not wanted to be a mom? <laughs> in all honesty, right? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, you know, because it's hard. Of course. And yeah, I said, had my well, yeah, but, and he's like, no buts. There's no buts. Take that and put it towards him to bring in a different, the human part of us, the compassion and empathy. Maybe he didn't know how. You know, and it, it took it to a level, Jackie, uh, and that's what I love about working with people in the forgiveness work, because we, as you do, too, with your work, we can help them get to that level safety. Like, oh, now I was mad. I was mad yeah. for for 24. And then all of a sudden I started going and I started writing down the instances of when I didn't want to be a mom, right? When things were hard. And I think that's valuable for having us do this is to really look at our story and really see where, you know, if we're blaming someone else, where am I blaming myself? Yeah. Or someone else. Where That's I forgive myself right? or accepting myself. Yeah. Because in the forgiveness work, I always start outside of us because there's someone I'm mad at, somebody I'm frustrated with, I'm blaming. And so we do the forgiveness work because the one thing I like about radical forgiveness, is it has tangible tools. Mm -hmm. So for those of us that like this tangibility, it's got worksheets and audios that work beautifully. Nice. And taking them through the process moves that energy and helps you think differently unless you're very 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 attached to your story <laughs> right <laughs> that's why forgiveness understand it is this way yeah yeah that's what i call very low uh you know survival consciousness uh, mm -hmm. that cannot shift your paradigm you get angry when other people present that perhaps you could shift your paradigm uh that it's just a level of consciousness it is it is. And when people can look at it that way, it just, it, 
it does make it simpler. It's like, it does, oh, it, it's this stuff. What you and I teach is so, so simple and it's so not easy. No. Yeah. That's what there is for people to have to grapple with. Yes. Yeah. Um, one last question before we wrap up. What kind of people hire you? So most of my clients are people that know that they, they've had betrayal. But most of it's been betrayal. So meaning betrayal not only in marriage or relationship, but also in business. And people that also carry a lot of guilt and shame themselves. So mm -hmm. they come to me because they're like, I need to learn. I need to, I want to move on and I can't. And so they carry regret, shame, and guilt. And they, they have an idea of it. Sometimes they don't know the shame, but they know the guilt and it weighs heavy. And they notice that it's stopping them in their business. They're not able to level up. It's stopping them. They're dating the same person as their ex-husband. They can't figure out why. <laughs> A majority of my clients are women. And so it's really that there because in that is forgiveness. They come to me going, I just really want to forgive so I can stay in this relationship or I want to forgive so that I want to leave the relationship, but I don't want to carry this burden. So it's people that have done some work, Jackie, some people that are aware of themselves, maybe not 100%, but they are willing to go, all right, I'm, I'm a little scared, but I'm willing to take some responsibility for my part in this. Right. Wonderful. And what kinds of outcomes do you see when you've had a successful bout round of therapy? I'm sorry, of coaching with someone. <laughs> yeah. So it's really nice to see because the common words I hear are, I feel lighter, freer, and more at peace. Yeah. They can make the decisions to do what they want to do. I have a client that she, we worked hard for a year coaching on how she can forgive her ex who kept doing the same thing. Finally, it helped her as we shifted. We made sure we shifted to self-forgiveness. It helped her be stronger in her decision to get the divorce and to move forward. And there's also ones with business. But a lot of, you know, our, our learning comes through relationship. And so that's what I notice. It's a shift in how they feel about themselves. Because really, that's all we can do. Exactly right. That's, that's all we can do. We have any control on a good day. That's the only place we have any control. Well, and it's shifting our perception around that story that if I look at it, that they're helping me learn about me, like my ex helped me see the anger that I was burying, which is causing the body issues. Exactly right. And that's how you raise your consciousness. Exactly. That's why we're here. That's the big point. Yeah. Brenda, this is beautiful. What a wonderful conversation about how we can shift our experience in life. You let other people off the hook, uh, let ourselves off the hook to lighten up, to free up and live life more consciously. I love that. So people are going to want to know you, get in touch with you, follow you. Brenda, where's the best place for people to find you? So they can find me on Instagram at Brenda Reese, R-E-I-S-S, coach. Um, it's Brenda Reese Coaching. And they can also find me on Facebook at Brenda Reese-Coach. Great, great. And your website is also Brenda Reese Coaching, right? Yes, it is BrendaReeseCoaching.com. .com. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us on the Conscious Living Podcast and just bringing such a, an insightful and important conversation to us today. I really, really appreciate your being with us. 
Oh, I was so happy to be here, Jackie. Thank you. You're welcome.